الذي أنزل على عبده الكتاب ولم يجعل له عوجا قيما لينذر بأسا شديدا من لدنه ويبشر الذين يعملون الصالحات أن لهم أجرا حسنا ماكثين فيه أبدا وينذر الذين قالوا اتخذ الله ولدا ما لهم به من علم ولا لآبائهم كبرت كلمة تخرج من أفواههم يقولون إلا كذبا فلعلك باخع نفسك على آثارهم إن لم يؤمنوا بهذا الحديث أسفا جعلنا ما على الأرض زينة لها لنبلوهم أيهم أحسن عملا ولا لجاعلون ما عليها صعيدا جرزا أم حسبت أن أصحاب الكهف والرقيم كانوا من آياتنا عجبا أولفتية إلى الكهف فقالوا ربنا آتنا من لدنك رحمة فقالوا ربنا آتنا من لدنك رحمة وهيئ لنا من أمرنا رشدا فضربنا على آذانهم في الكهف عددا ثم بعثناهم لنعلم أي الحزبين أحصى لما لبثوا أمدا نحن نقص عليك نبأهم بالحق إنهم فتية آمنوا بربهم وزدناهم هدى وربطنا على قلوبهم إذ قاموا فقالوا ربنا رب السماوات والأرض لن ندعو من دونه إلها لن ندعو من دونه إلها لقد قلنا إذا شططا هؤلاء قومنا اتخذوا من دونه آلهة لولا يأتون عليهم بسلطان بين فمن أظلم ممن افترى على الله كذبا وإذ اعتزلتموهم وما يعبدون إلا الله فأووا إلى الكهف ينشر لكم ربكم من رحمته ويهيئ لكم ويهيئ لكم من أمركم مرفقا وترى الشمس إذا طلعت تزاور عن كهفهم ذات اليمين وإذا غربت تقرضهم ذات الشمال وهم في فجوة من ذلك من آيات الله من يهد الله فهو المهتد ومن يضلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا وتحسبهم أيقاظا وهم رقود ونقلبهم ذات اليمين وذات الشمال وكلبهم باسق ذراعيه بالوصيد لو اطلعت عليهم لوليت منهم فرارا ولملئت منهم رعبا وكذلك بعثناهم ليتساءلوا بينهم قال قائل منهم كم لبثتم قالوا لبثنا يوما أو بعض يوم قالوا ربكم أعلم بما لبثتم فبعثوا أحدكم بورقكم هذه إلى المدينة فلينظر 
نعم الثواب وحسنت مرتفقا واضرب لهم مثل الرجلين جعلنا لأحدهما جنتين من أعناب وحففناهما بنخل وجعلنا بينهما زرعا كلتا الجنتين آتت أكلها ولم تظلم منه شيئا وفجرنا خلالهما نهرا وكان له ثمر فقال لصاحبه وهو يحاوره أنا أكثر منك مالا وأعز نفرا ودخل جنته وهو ظالم لنفسه قال ما أظن أن تبيد هذه أبدا وما أظن الساعة قائمة ولئن رددت إلى ربي لأجدن خيرا منها منقلبا قال له صاحبه وهو يحاوره أكفرت بالذي خلقك من تراب ثم من نطفة ثم سواك رجلا لكنه الله ربي ولا أشرك بربي أحدا ولولا إذ دخلت جنتك قلت ما شاء الله لا قوة إلا بالله إن ترني أنا أقل منك مالا وولدا فعسى ربي أن يؤتيني خيرا من جنتك ويرسل عليها حسبانا من السماء فتصبح صعيدا زلقا أو يصبح ماؤها غورا فلن تستطيع له طلبا وأحيط بثمره فأصبح يقلب كفيه على ما أنفق فيها وهي خاوية على عروشها وهي خاوية على عروشها ويقول يا ليتني لم أشرك بربي أحدا ولم تكن له فئة ينصرونه من دون الله وما كان منتصرا هنالك الولاية لله الحق هو خير ثوابا وخير عقبا واضرب لهم مثل الحياة الدنيا كما إن أنزلناه من السماء فاختلط به نبات الأرض فأصبح هشيما تذروه الرياح وكان الله على كل شيء مقتدرا المال والبنون زينة الحياة الدنيا والباقيات الصالحات خير عند ربك ثوابا وخير أملا ويوم نسير الجبال وترى الأرض بارزة وحشرناهم فلم نغادر منهم أحدا وعرضوا على ربك صفا لقد جئتمونا كما خلقناكم أول مرة بل زعمتم أن لن موعدا ووضع الكتاب فترى المجرمين مشفقين مما فيه ويقولون يا ويلتنا ما لهذا الكتاب لا يغادر صغيرة ولا كبيرة إلا أحصاها ووجدوا ما عملوا حاضرا ولا يظلم ربك أحدا وإذ قلنا للملائكة اسجدوا لآدم فسجدوا إلا إبليس كان من الجن ففسق عن أمر ربه أفتتخذونه وذريته 
أولياء من دوني وهم لكم عدو بئس للظالمين بدلا ما أشهدتهم خلق السماوات والأرض ولا خلق أنفسهم وما كنت متخذ المضلين عبدا ويوم يقول نادوا شركائي الذين زعمتم فدعوهم فلم يستجيبوا لهم وجعلنا بينهم موبقا ورأى المجرمون النار فظنوا أنهم مواقعوها ولم يجدوا عنها مصرفا ولقد صرفنا في هذا القرآن للناس من كل مثل وكان الإنسان أكثر شيء جدلا وما منع الناس أن يؤمنوا إذ جاءهم الهدى ويستغفروا ربهم إلا أن تأتيهم سنة الأولين أو يأتيهم العذاب قبولا وما نرسل المرسلين إلا مبشرين ومنذرين ويجادل الذين كفروا بالباطل ليدحضوا به الحق واتخذوا آياتي وما أنذروا هزوا ومن أظلم ممن ذكر بآيات ربه فأعرض عنها ونسي ما قدمت يداه إنا جعلنا على قلوبهم أكنة أن يفقهوه وفي آذانهم وقرا وإن تدعهم إلى الهدى فلن يهتدوا إذا أبدا وربك الغفور ذو الرحمة لو يؤاخذهم بما كسبوا لعجل لهم العذاب بل لهم موعد لن يجدوا من دونه موئلا وتلك القرى أهلكناهم لما ظلموا وجعلنا لمهلكهم موعدا وإذ قال موسى لفتاه لا أبرح حتى أبلغ مجمع البحرين أو أمضي حقبا فلما بلغ مجمع بينهما نسيا حوتهما فاتخذ سبيله في البحر سربا فلما جاوزا قال لفتاه آتنا غدا أنا لقد لقينا من سفرنا هذا نصبا قال أرأيت إذ أوينا إلى الصخرة فإني نسيت نسيت الحوت وما أنسانيه إلا الشيطان أن أذكره واتخذ سبيله في البحر عجبا قال ذلك ما كنا نبغ فارتدا على آثارهما قصصا فوجد عبدا من عبادنا آتيناه رحمة من عندنا وعلمناه من لدنا علما قال له موسى هل أتبعك على أن تعلمني مما علمت رشدا قال إنك لن تستطيع معي صبرا وكيف تصبر على ما لم تحط به خبرا قال ستجدني إن شاء الله صابرا ولا أعصي لك أمرا قال فإن اتبعتني فلا تسألني عن شيء حتى أحدث لك منه ذكرا فانطلقا حتى إذا ركبا في السفينة خرقها قال أخرقتها لتغرق أهلها لقد جئت شيئا إمرا قال ألم أقل إنك لن تستطيع معي صبرا قال لا تؤاخذني بما نسيت ولا ترهقني من أمري عسرا فانطلقا حتى إذا لقيا غلاما فقتله قال أقتلت نفسا زكية بغير نفس لقد جئت شيئا نكرا 
قال ألم أقول لك إنك لن تستطيع معي صبرا قال إن سألتك عن شيء بعدها فلا تصاحبني قد بلغت من لدني عذرا فانطلقا حتى إذا أتيا أهل قضية استطعما أهلها فأبوا أن يضيفوهما فوجدا فيها جدارا يريد أن ينقض فأقامه قال لو شئت لاتخذت عليه أجرا قال هذا فراق بيني وبينك سأنبئك بتأويل ما لم تستطع عليه صبرا أما السفينة فكانت لمساكين يعملون في البحر فأردت أن أعيبها وكان وراءهم ملك وكان وراءهم ملك يأخذ كل سفينة غصبا وأما الغلام فكان أبواه مؤمنين فخشينا أن يرهقهما طغيانا وكفرا فأردنا أن يبدلهما ربهما خيرا منه زكاة وأقرب رحما وأما الجدار فكان لغلامين يتيمين في المدينة وكان تحته كنز لهما وكان أبوهما صالحا فأراد ربك أن يبلغا أشدهما ويستخرجا كنزهما رحمة من ربك وما فعلته عن أمري ذلك تأويل ما لم تسطع عليه صبرا ويسألونك عن ذي القرنين قل سأتلو عليكم منه ذكرا إنا مكنا له في الأرض وآتيناه من كل شيء سببا فأتبع سببا حتى إذا بلغ مغرب الشمس وجدها تغرب في عين حمئة ووجد عندها قوما قلنا يا ذا القرنين إما أن تعذب وإما أن تتخذ فيهم حسنا قال أما من ظلم فسوف نعذبه ثم يرد إلى ربه فيعذبه عذابا نكرا وأما من آمن وعمل صالحا فله جزاء الحسنى وسنقول له من أمرنا يسرا ثم أتبع سببا حتى إذا بلغ مطلع الشمس وجدت وجدها تطلع على قوم لم نجعل لهم من دونها سترا كذلك وقد أحطنا بما لديه خبرا ثم أتبع سببا حتى إذا بلغ بين السدين وجد من دونهما قوما لا يكادون يفقهون قولا قالوا يا ذا القرنين إن يأجوج ومأجوج مفسدون في الأرض فهل نجعل لك خرجا على أن تجعل بيننا وبينهم سدا قال ما مكني فيه ربي خير فأعينوني بقوة أجعل بينكم وبينهم ردما آتوني زبر الحديد حتى إذا ساوى بين قال انفخوا حتى إذا جعله نارا قال آتوني أفرغ عليه قطرا فما استطاعوا أن يظهروه وما استطاعوا له نقبا قال هذا رحمة من ربي فإذا جاء وعد ربي جعله دكاء وكان وعد ربي حقا وتركنا بعضهم يومئذ يموج في بعض ونفخ في الصور فجمعناهم جمعا وعرضنا جهنم يومئذ للكافرين عرضا الذين كانت أعينهم في غطاء عانوا لا يستطيعون سمعا أفحسب الذين كفروا أن يتخذوا عبادي من دوني أولياء إنا أعتقد 
وعددنا جهنم للكافرين نزلا قل هل ننبئكم بالأخسرين أعمالا الذين ضل سعيهم في الحياة الدنيا وهم يحسبون أنهم يحسنون صنعا أولئك الذين كفروا بآيات ربهم ولقائه فحبطت أعمالهم فلا نقيم لهم يوم القيامة وزنا ذلك جزاؤهم جهنم بما كفروا واتخذوا آياتي ورسلي هزوا إن الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات كانت لهم جنات الفردوس نزلا خالدين فيها لا يبغون عنها حولا قل لو كان البحر مدادا لكلمات ربي لنفد البحر قبل أن تنفد كلمات ربي ولو جئنا بمثله مددا قل إنما أنا بشر مثلكم يوحى إلي أنما إلهكم إله فمن كان يرجو لقاء ربه فليعمل عملا صالحا ولا يشرك بعبادة ربه أحدا صدق الله العظيم الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله عي على الصلاة الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله ونشهد أن سيدنا وحبيبنا ومولانا محمدًا عبده ورسوله Respected elders and dear brothers, every year we experience and witness an overwhelming rise in the level of mass consumerism during this time of the year. People's obsession with shopping, people's obsession with acquiring consumer goods reaches its highest point annually during this time of the year. And we find that society in general is heavily preoccupied with the acquisition of different products. Brothers, we live in a world that has become colonized by marketing and branding. All major and all forms of mass communication, billboards, newspapers, television, the internet, every social media platform are all effectively used to make people believe that the sole purpose of your existence is to become consumers. That people should live to eat, live to consume. Your 24-hour day should revolve around 
the concern revolve around the anxiety that how can I eat the best, how can I wear the best, drive the best, live in the best, and how can I possess all of the best in terms of material things and worldly possessions. Now, Islam does not detest us or Islam has not prohibited us from having the best. Having the best and possessing the best is not something that Islam has despised. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not declared it as unlawful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not made it haram. In fact, one of the most comprehensive du'as that we are encouraged to recite as often as possible. A dua which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa himself recited it as often as possible. A dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has encouraged us to recite whenever we supplicate to Allah. Abdullah ibn, ibn, uh, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud ta'ala who says that when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa supplicated to Allah, and his supplication was a long one in which he recited different, different du'as. He never left out this one du'a. And if due to whatever reason he could not make a lengthy du'a, then the one du'a he made was this specific du'a. رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَةٌ وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسَنَةٌ وَقِنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ there are three parts to this dua. The first, Rabbana atina fid dunya hasana. Oh Allah, grant us hasana in this dunya. Wa fil akhirati hasana. Oh Allah, grant us hasana in al akhirah. Wa qina adab al nar. Oh Allah, safe, safeguard us, protect us against the punishment of hellfire. I want to draw your attention to the first part of the dua, the question, does Islam prohibit us? Prohibit us? Does Islam disencourage us from possessing the best and acquiring the best and wanting to have the best? The answer is found in this dua. The first part of the dua. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana. Oh Allah, grant us hasana in dunya. What is hasana? When I make dua to Allah, and I said, oh Allah, grant me hasana in dunya. What should be on my mind? What should I be thinking about? What does the term hasana mean? Ibn Kathir rahimahullah, he unpacks the word hasana for us. When you ask Allah for hasana, what are you asking for? So he says, فَإِنَّ الْحَسَنَةَ تَشْمَلْ كُلَّ مَطْلُوبٍ دُنْيَوِي He says the word hasana, it includes every permissible worldly desire that you have. And then he unpacks it even further. What does that mean? He says, Min afiyah. Number one, when you say, Oh Allah, grant me hasana in the dunya, you're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for afiyah, well-being, security, protection, good health. Number two, what are you asking Allah for? He says, Wamin darin rahbah. When you ask Allah for hasana, you're asking Allah for a spacious and comfortable home. Wamin zawd. When you're asking Allah for hasana in dunya, what are you asking Allah for? He says, Zawjatin hasana, a good and excellent spouse. What else are you asking Allah for? He says, abundant provision. Beneficial knowledge. You ask the ability to carry out business and piety. 
You're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a good, comfortable vehicle. You ask Allah to allow you to enjoy a good reputation in dunya. That's hasana. So having the best is not despised in our deen. Having the best is not something that Allah has declared as haram. But the acquisition, if the acquisition of the best, if trying to get the best, if trying to wear the best, if trying to earn the best and live in the best, if that is going to throw you off the route that leads you to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if that is going to cause you to your meeting with the angel of death, if trying to get the best in dunya is going to make you forget the qabr in which you will be lowered one day, it will make you forget your ultimate abode in akhirah, then the best is no longer the best, it is now the worst. Because you are throwing away, you are throwing away something genuine, something real in exchange for something that's fake. You are, you are throwing aside and you are sacrificing pure, genuine gold in exchange for stones and pebbles. Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam have condemned the consumerism, the materialism that enslaves a person, enslaves a person to such a point where his character, his behavior, his interactions, his conduct are governed and they are controlled and they are influenced by his financial fluctuations, his financial ups and downs. So when he experiences growth financially, when there is financial growth, there is economic progress, then he experiences an overwhelming feeling of jubilation. There's ecstasy, there's happiness. It triggers within him this sense of excitement. While on the other hand, when he suffers economic loss, there's a financial slump, there's a financial decline, then it triggers within him an overwhelming feeling of depression. And he becomes unhappy with Allah. And he becomes unhappy with what Allah has decided for him with regards to his financial and his economic situation. That is the type of consumerism, materialism that Allah and His Rasul have both condemned where you become enslaved by materialism to the extent and to the point that your character, your behavior, your interactions are now controlled by your economic fluctuations. You know we have names like Abdul Rahman, Abdullah, Abdul Rahman, Rasul said, the names of Allah that Allah loves the most are which names? The name Abdullah and the name Abdul Rahman, the slave of Ar-Rahman. Other names, Abdul Latif, Abdul Qadir, Abdul Razzaq, Abdul Majid. These are names that Allah really loves. Why? Because they are names that denote your servitude to Allah. Rasul sallallahu has spoken of Abdul Dinar and Abdul Dirham. These are not names by the way. Don't sit and think, okay, that sounds cool. I'm Dinar. 
It's not a good name. Today people are looking for that rare, unique, uncommon name. The Prophet ﷺ spoke of Abdul Dinar and Abdul Dirham and Abdul Khamisah. Rasulullah says you have one who is Abdul Dinar. He's the slave of the Dinar. He's the slave of money. He's the slave of the gold coin. Abdul Khamisah. He's the slave of fine dress, fine clothing, fine fabric. So when your economic situation, when your fluctuations, your financial fluctuations, control your behavior, control your sense of judgment, and drastically um, affects and adversely affects your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that is the materialism, the form of consumerism that Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa What's the yardstick to determine whether I am enslaved by materialism? What is the yardstick? What is the barometer to determine whether I have become a slave of my wealth and my wealth controls me rather than I controlling my wealth? What's the yardstick? Rasulullah in the second part of this hadith, he gives us the yardstick and the barometer to determine whether I have become Abdul Dinar and Abdul Dirham. He says, In u'tiya radiya, wa illam yu'ta sakhita. The Prophet wasallam, he was the embodiment of kindness, compassion, and mercy. He would never curse anyone. He would never pray against anyone. He would never make a bad dua at anyone. But on this occasion, he says, if you have stooped down to that level, where you came, where you are now an abd of the dinar, you are the abd of the dirham, you are not the abdullah, you are controlled by your money, you are controlled by your economic fluctuations. Rasul Sallallahu says, may you experience suffering throughout your life. Ta'isa. Though he was an embodiment of mercy, he cursed such a person because he, he, he knew my ummah will never stoop down to that level. What's the parameter? How do I determine whether I fall in that category or not? Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, In u'tiya radiya. Who is the abdul dinar? The Prophet says, when he gets it, when he receives money, when he receives material wealth, when he is given the wealth of this world, and he acquires the world, Radiya, he's overtaken with a sense of overwhelming jubilation, ecstasy, and excitement. But when he's deprived, when he experiences that financial slump and decline, he becomes upset, he's unhappy, and he is angry. So that is the yardstick and that is the barometer. Does my economic fluctuations, my financial ups and downs, do they control me to the point where it drastically affects my character, my behavior, my interaction, and it adversely affects my relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Touch a bit on the history and origin of consumerism. And consumerism obviously has a positive side to it as well. When you have consumerism, there is opportunity for growth. Whenever there's opportunity for growth, there's opportunity for employment and so on and so forth. Right? So the consumerism we are referring to over here, and the reason why we are 
speaking about consumerism during this time of the year because it is now that time of the year when people tend to consume and consume and they feel that it's that time of the year where you eat and every opportunity whether it's booking a holiday booking a ticket booking a flight booking and reserving a table at a restaurant or whatever it may be you find that people do so in the most impulsive way so the consumerism we are referring to is that uncontrolled unbridled impulsive form of consumerism that generally is experienced during this time of the year and many people are consumed by that type of consumerism the history and the origins of consumerism in order to understand the consumerism that we are referring to here consumerism of course refers to the acquisition of material things right and the acquisition of worldly possessions in order to understand the origin we need to go back and look at european history a lesson in history this afternoon the last time we had a lesson in arabic you guys remember the lesson in arabic you remember the topic today we do a little lesson in history inshallah no arabic european society we're going back now before the the renaissance the renaissance period happened in the 14th century from the 14th century to the 17th before the renaissance we find that european society was dominated by christianity was controlled by christianity the christian church dominated every sphere of the european society whether it was education uh, the, the the economic sphere the social sphere the christian church dominated every area of society in the 14th century we had the period of renaissance the period of the renaissance the reawakening as they refer to it or the age of enlightenment it gave birth to a group of people whom we can refer to as the free thinkers the free thinkers they were a people who felt that religious constraints shackled them and they wanted to be released from the religious constraints so they were inspired by the works of the greek philosophers and their primary objective was to rediscover and revive the philosophy of the greek philosophers they were inspired by their works and they were specifically inspired by the greek philosopher protagoras protagoras he was a greek philosopher protagoras he was an atheist he did not believe in the existence of god even the existence of allah and he in fact has a principle by which he he lived his life and on which he based his philosophy and that is if something is not able to be known then it does not exist we don't have time to go into the rebuttal of that philosophy of his but nevertheless they were inspired by the greek philosophers and they felt that this was an opportunity for us to revive and to release the european society from the constraints of religion and one point here brothers obviously christian christianity in that era we're speaking of the era of the crusades and so on and so forth christianity was enforced and it was propagated in its most extreme form at that time it was extremism on another level and that was obviously the christianity that they themselves had introduced to the world not the deen of isa alayhi salam 
And what do we learn? That one form of extremism gave birth to another form of extremism. And that's generally what happens. When you have one form or one degree or one level of extremism, that naturally gives birth to another form of extremism. So here you have these people who are enforcing religion through force and through dogmatic, extreme ways. So you had the opposite reaction on the other side by these free thinkers who felt that we need to completely remove God and we completely remove religion from the equation. Another form of extremism. So when they did this, inspired by the works of these Greek philosophers, Allah from the equation and they removed when you remove Allah from the equation, you are removing the afterlife from the equation. When you remove the afterlife from the equation, you are removing paradise from the equation. So religions always taught and religious continue to teach that paradise exists in the afterlife and that is why you're not going to exhaust yourself in building your paradise in this world. Paradise awaits you in the next world. So whether you get it or not, it doesn't matter much to you because you know you are going to experience a whole lot of comfort and luxury in the paradise that awaits you in the afterlife. But the moment you remove God from the equation, you've removed paradise from the equation. So now they promoted and they, they, they taught the communities through the philosophy of the Greeks that we need to build paradise on earth. And naturally, that resulted in what? Consumerism. Because now, you don't believe in paradise in the afterlife. You need to build your own paradise on planet earth. So you'll want to consume and acquire and get the best of whatever the world has to offer so that you experience your paradise in this world. So consumerism originates from nihilism. What's nihilism? Nihilism is atheism. Nihilism is the rejection of religious and moral principles. So the core foundation of consumerism is an atheistic one. That's where it emerged from. And that is how consumerism took control of the world post the, the Renaissance period and the Renaissance area, the European Renaissance. And that's why Rasulullah he said in the hadith, he says, dunya sijnul mu'min kafir. The dunya is a prison for you and I. What does it mean it's a prison? There are restrictions, right? And there are boundaries. And there are limitations. It's a prison for the believer. But for the kafir, the one who does not believe in the existence of Allah, it's paradise for him. Because he does not believe in a paradise in the afterlife. So he's going to make most of it in this world. And in order to build his paradise on earth, he will have to impulsively consume, uncontrolled, unbridled, unregulated consumerist behavior. What are the triggers that influence consumerism, that influence acquisition of worldly possessions? We're speaking again about that uncontrolled, unbridled, impulsive form of consumerism. Number one, the lack or the absence of fear of accountability before Allah. Fear of, when the fear of accountability, answerability is not there, if it does not exist, if I do not believe in the fact that I will be held accountable for every cent that I spend, when the fear, the concern 
of accountability and answerability does not exist, then that will influence within you this consumerist behavior. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is taught in us in a hadith. لا تزول قدم عبد يوم القيامة. On the day of Qiyamah, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, you will be anchored before Allah. You're able to move your feet as much as you would want to move, you will not be able to move until you answer certain questions. One of the questions that will be presented to you, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, وعن ماله. You will be asked about all your wealth. من أين اكتسبه. Where you earned it from. وَفِيمَ أَنْفَقَهُ And where you spent it. So that accountability, fear of the answerability before Allah, that is the number one, the number one aspect that will prevent me from uncontrollably consuming and acquiring the possessions of this world. Think about a child. If you give your son or your daughter or perhaps your wife the credit card to use or the debit card to use, Right? Before they tap, before they tap, before they spin, there is that concern, there is that fear that my dad will get a message to inform them of how much was spent, where it was spent. And so before they tap, before they use the card, before they tap, sir, by the way, we have the, our new tapping uh, machine over here. There you can put as much as you want, maximum. Right? When you tap there, press maximum. If you can't, whatever amount. You know why? Because you're not losing anything. When you tap on that machine and you select an amount, all you're doing it is transferring it into the deposit box in your cover. That's all you're doing. So what I'm saying doesn't apply to that, right? Think about your, your child, your son or your daughter, right? It's month end, Black Friday specials. You might get a lot of SMSs over the weekend. But before they tap and before they use the credit card or the debit card, they think about the consequences. I'll have to answer to my dad if he's going to ask me regarding a certain amount. So there is that fear of answerability. There's that fear of accountability. That should be our attitude to a greater extent, especially now during this time of the year. Before I book a flight, before I book a hotel, before I book whatever it is, before I purchase, before I buy, the moment I tap, swipe, whatever I do, before I make the transfer, it is recorded and the statement will be presented to me before Allah. So number one, why we find very often that there is this impulsive consumerist behavior is because of the lack of or the absence of the fear of accountability in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How do I, allow me to conclude on this, how do I develop that? Number one, make dua to Allah. Oh Allah, I suffer from the lack of accountability before you. I'm spending freely. Make dua to Allah. Constantly making dua for something constant, conscientizes the mind. Really, it conscientizes the mind. If you keep on making this dua for a few months, trust me, wallahi, you will develop that consciousness and that awareness within you. Every time before you spend, you'll ask the question, why am I spending? And if I am spending with the correct intention, then Bismillah, you go ahead. But why really am I spending? And how will I answer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when the statement is presented to me? The second um, trigger that influences unbridled, uncontrolled consumerism is that which the Quran has referred to as a takathur. What's a takathur? Vying with one another, competing with one another, 
trying to outdo the next person, trying to impress the next person. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said in the Quran, Alhaakum at-takathur. Alhaakum at-takathur. This takathur, vying with one another. Sometimes you don't even need it, but you just want to compete with the next person because he's got it and you want to get something better. So I'm, I'm acting on impulse and I'm just going to acquire it no matter what. Allah says that has thrown you. That attitude of wanting to just outdo the next person, that has thrown you into lahu. You know what is lahu? Lahu is to be engaged in something that is really, really unimportant and it distracts you from something that's much, much more important. And Allah said that's going to happen throughout your life. You're just going to be competing and vying and competing and vying until bam, you open up your eyes and you're in the qabr, you're in the grave. So these are just two of the many triggers that could influence this consumerism attitude within us. I conclude with a verse of the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the ibadul rahman. Right, the true slaves of Allah. He says, we spoke about Abdul Dinar, we spoke about Abdul Dirham. Again, for those who are not here in the beginning, those are not names. Right, Abdul Dinar, Abdul Dirham, those are not names. Don't ever keep those names. Don't call your... Allah says, the Abdul Rahman, the Abdul Rahman, the Abdullah. Who are they? They spend, they do spend, right? When they spend, they don't exceed the limit. They do not spend less. They adopt moderation in their spending. Let us keep that in mind as we head into the season wherein we are going to experience an overwhelming rise in mass consumerism. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding.